Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome to Believe in the Ivy League, a look inside the ancient eight teams in the Ivy League and their upcoming games with all of the stats, trends, and analysis that you want to hear. And now, here's your host, Tom Barton. All right, guys, welcome back. Another episode of Believe in the Ivy League. I got to tell you guys, you know, it's getting pumped up. It's getting ready to really, really make a a difference here and a turn in the Ivy League. Look, teams are separating themselves uh, already. I know it's still early, and the the teams that are losing can sit back and say, well, it's still early. Uh, But the teams that are winning, specifically, we're going to talk today about Princeton, You know, it's not still early. And Princeton is not only dominating the Ivy League, but they're also in a position where we need to start talking about them in a bigger context. And and I want to make the case today, and we're going to concentrate a lot on Princeton because we did have a pretty light week, and we got a light week coming up here as far as games go. Uh, I want to talk about Princeton as maybe a top 25 team, and, and very potentially the Princeton Tigers are starting to look like, yeah, they're kind of a shoe and They may be that team. Look, we talk about it every year in Ivy League basketball. Is there a chance that two teams could get in? Is there a chance that two teams can get into the tournament? Well, Princeton might be that team is putting together a resume that if they don't win the Ivy League tournament, they could get their way in. I mean, that is kind of what we're talking about today. That's what we're going to be doing. If you guys want to get in touch with me, it's at Tom Barton Sports over on Twitter, TomBartonSports.com as well. So you guys go check that out. I also have a YouTube channel. I'd love for you guys to take a look there. It is Tom Barton Sports over on YouTube. We do talk more than just Ivy League basketball on all those platforms. But today, look, we're going to get into the Ivy Leagues. And before we start getting into the Princeton conversation, because that is a conversation I do want to have an in-depth conversation about, um, let's start looking overall over the course of the last week, right? And Matt Noling, Ivy League Rookie of the Year. Congratulations to him. Uh, The Yale rookie really, really had an incredible week. Um, But a lot of guys had just by themselves, they had real good weeks that were independent of their team. And we're going to talk about some of that as well. So let's go back like we always do. And there was no games. Last time we talked was Wednesday or Thursday, depending on when you were listening. Uh, No games Thursday, no games Friday, no games Sunday, no games Tuesday, no games Wednesday, right? So we only had Saturday and Monday in between the last time we spoke. Let's talk about right away. Look, Harvard goes out. They did exactly what they needed to do. I said they could not led up against Columbia. Harvard, we didn't know what team this was. They were up and down. They were a team that it started to get into a position where you were nervous about Harvard. You were seriously concerned if you're a Harvard fan looking at this team and going, you know, I know the talent's there, but when will it come together? And because of the missed games and whatnot, it started getting into an uh uh-oh situation. Again, we're always looking at the top four teams. Is Harvard-Princeton right now? No, But that shuffling up for that number two team in this conference is certainly up for grabs. Well, Harvard wants to throw their name into that mix. They go into Columbia. Columbia is a tight team that, look, Columbia is bad, okay? And I made it very clear, and I did get some emails on that, guys, at TomBartonSports at gmail.com if you want to send some uh, hate mail my way. (laughs) 
Um, I, I made it very clear how much I did, did not like this Columbia team and how I thought that they were very bad. But over the last two games, they've shown me something. Specifically in the first half, they are scoring and scoring at will. And it's something that continued against Harvard. 41 points in the first half, 41 points in the second half. They put up 82 on Harvard. 82 points at home should be enough to get the W. And it just wasn't. Harvard turns around, puts up 91. They had a great, great second half. Kirkwood went off for 28, 6, and 5. Fantastic stat line for him. And Harvard gets that much-needed win. Columbia, you know, it's a third game in a row going into that game where you go, you know, three games in a row, we come out of the gates, we're able to score, the offense is rolling, especially in the first half, the offense is really performing really well, but we're unable to stop anybody. So before I could take Columbia seriously of maybe turning a corner, maybe not being the bottom dwellers, yeah, look, the offense certainly looks there, but the defense has got to step up and start doing a little bit more than what I've seen them do. 91 points to Harvard at, you know, at home, just not going to get it done. Uh, Dartmouth took on Penn, 78-68 Penn at home, holds home court. And we start to look at this Penn team and you go, all right, well, Penn was a team that started out really bad, started out really slow. Penn was a team that you started to get nervous about. Look, every single publication that you read had Penn as one of the top four teams in this conference. A lot of them had Penn chasing a title and being one of the last two teams. Most of them had Penn either two or three. Some of them even had Penn at number one. And Penn got off to a, just a horrific start to the season. I mean, they were getting crushed. Now they put a couple of games together, and what they're doing is they're holding home court, right? They are making sure that you can't go into Philadelphia and win. They're making sure you can't go into Penn and win. And in conference play, all of a sudden with that win, it boosts them up to 3-1 and one in the conference. And who cares if they were 6-11 and 11 that day? They're 3-1 and one in the conference. Nice, convincing win over a Dartmouth team that's starting to become a little bit uh, of, of that team that you worry about if you're one of the big boys. I don't think that Dartmouth's going to compete, but you start to worry about them. The big game that was on Saturday was going to be Yale-Cornell, and it just wound up not being that because Yale went absolutely nuts. I mean, Yale went crazy. Isaiah Kelly, 18-6-3 with a nice stat line, 96 points for the Yale Bulldogs, who are trying desperately to get their overall record to 500. Cornell, after averaging 90 points for the first, you know, 12, 13 games of the season. They have just not been able to put that scoring together. 96-69, an absolute demolishing 27-point blowout where Yale just dominated from start to finish. And you look at this Yale team and you go, we know what potential they can have as well. They are sort of like Penn, sort of like Harvard. We see the potential. We see the talent. We see the athleticism. It's just not showing up on a nightly basis time and time again like we sort of hoped that it would. Well, Yale gets out of there. Maybe this is when they're they're sitting down and going, okay, we are starting to assert our dominance. 96 points against one of the teams that is considered one of the better teams in the conference. Maybe you didn't buy into Cornell. I did early on. I told you guys I certainly did, but I always worried about Cornell's defense. Well, they put up 96. 52 points in the second half did Yale score, but... They also held Cornell to under 70, and that's going to be an overlooked aspect of this game here. They held this Cornell team to under 70, something to look at if Yale could get that defense working. And then the, the big game, again, um, wound up being, or the closest game, I should say, wound up being Princeton 76-74 over Brown. Brown is starting to become that tough team 
Lily Jr., 25-2-2 for Brown. Well, just a fantastic performance. And Princeton, two-point win, but a win. And you're going to start seeing that happening over the course of the last couple of games for Princeton. Really over the course of the season. What is Princeton doing? Princeton's going out. They're playing tough games. They're barely getting the win. But listen, barely getting a win is getting a win, right? So they're getting that W, and Princeton is looking like the absolute cream of the crop in this conference, which we'll get more into in a little bit. Now we go on to Monday. There's no games on Sunday, like I said. Cornell, Columbia, postpones. Uh, We're going to get used to a, a lot of these postponements, right? Dartmouth, at home, tough game against Harvard, and we did talk about this. Look, Dartmouth, if they wanted a chance, they couldn't go 0-2 in this two-game set. Harvard, if I really wanted to start believing in you, you got to go 2-0. 1-1 is fine, but you got to go 2-0. Well, Kirk would put them on their shoulders, 24-3-5, and and they win 60-59. A tough, tight game that was led by 39 points scoring right away out of the gate for Harvard, who put together three really impressive quarters in a row until that fourth quarter where you'd sit back and you go, you know, they only put up 21 in that fourth quarter. All right, so you look at Harvard. They get a win. It'll, it is a one-point win, but I don't care. It's a win, and it's on the road, and it's a win against a pretty good team. All of a sudden, Harvard is now 2-1 and one in the Ivies. All of a sudden, Harvard is 10-5 and five overall. So with all the cancellations that Harvard had and all the, the breaks that they had and all the time off, look, this is still a 10-win team right now. They're still 2-1 and one in the Ivy. Harvard may have turned this around, and what we assumed was going to happen in the preseason was that Kirkwood was going to really start to establish himself. And we continue to talk about Kirkwood putting this team on the shoulders. Well, he is now establishing himself as the premier player, not only on Harvard, but very potentially in the Ivy Leagues. He's one of the top two or three players, and he's starting to separate where he is that unstoppable guy, especially on offense each and every night. Princeton took care of Penn, 74-64. And like I said, look, Penn was looking good. They had a couple of wins under their belt. They started to turn things around. But it's a lot to ask Penn to go on the road and beat a Princeton team. Princeton, you know, been playing a lot of close games. They get out to a 10-point lead early on here, pretty much hold on to it at a 40-point second half, and they cruise to a 10-point win. If you watch the game, which I did, and you watch the way that the ebbs and flows went in that game, there wasn't a lot. It was kind of Princeton's game. There was not a lot of time where I believe that Princeton would ever be in trouble uh, as a matter of fact, you know, the ESPN feed that uh, states about the game says Princeton rolls past Penn. And that's how it felt. Look, it's only a 10-point win, uh, but they it always felt like Princeton had full control of that game, so they get the W. Yale goes on the road and beats Brown in what could have been a tough game, and all of a sudden, Yale brings their Ivy League to 2-0. That's their record, 8-8 and overall, and Yale has fixed their season with a three-point win on the road. Um, this is a, a real interesting game as well because... You know, Cho for Brown scored a career-high 30 points, okay? And there was a late second-half charge for Brown, who who almost beat Yale. Yale barely hung on, but they wound up hanging on. So it doesn't matter if you're barely or not, but they wound up barely hanging on. They did hang on, and they got that W. Uh, But Brown is showing a lot of fight, and it's just not a team that I want to face at all. If I'm any of these Ivy League teams, I think Brown is a dangerous team. I still still believe that Cornell could throw their name in the mix, but I start I'm starting to believe in Harvard. It's that last team now. So I do believe Princeton is one, Yale is two, Harvard is three. Who is that last team? 
Is it a Penn team that has turned things around? Is it this Brown team that's playing teams close, but they are one in four in the Ivies, which is really, they're going to have to start turning these into Ws. Or is it very potentially a Cornell team, you know, that looked good early on? Well, they're only one and three in the Ivies right now. So even though despite all the problems that Penn has had and their disgustingly ugly six and 12 record, you know, they're in this mix. So we still have a lot of basketball to play, but it's something to take a look at. All right, let's look at the week ahead and what we have coming on. Like I said, uh, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, absolutely no games. Friday, in a weird spot, there, there's no, not enough Friday games here. So we only have, and no Sunday, Monday uh, of next week. So we only have Saturday games and Tuesday games. Let's go to the Saturday slate of games. Hopefully, all of them will be played. Harvard going on the road to take on a tough Cornell team. Look, this is a game where uh, we, we talked about it last week with Harvard having to win right? They had to get the win to get back into it. Uh, this is a game where Cornell has to win this game. If you want to start believing that Cornell could be a player here, and they've gone through a little bit of a tailspin, their record overall looks good, but one in three in the Ivies, you can't drop to one in four in the Ivies and, and really expect to make some kind of charge. This is a home game. Cornell's got to win. If Harvard wins this game, I think we could start talking about Harvard as being the second best team in this conference. Right now, I'm giving that nod to Yale. Uh, Harvard is probably the third best team. But if Harvard could go on the road and beat Cornell, that all changes. I think the matchup is pretty good for Harvard, who's got their offense absolutely rolling, and Cornell can't seem to stop anybody. I expect a real high-scoring game on Saturday, and a game where I do think Harvard and Cornell, look, that if you're a, a lines maker, I think it's set at like you know one or two points. I think it's going to be a close, tight game all the way through. It'll be interesting to see who comes out on top. As good as Dartmouth uh, can be, they really haven't shown it on a consistent basis. Princeton's going there on Saturday. Princeton's 4-0 in the Ivy, 14-3 overall. Not only do I expect Princeton to win, but they should win uh, with more ease than they have most of the season. Dartmouth is a tough team. I think there'll be times in that game where you go, uh-oh, maybe this is the, the game where Dartmouth kind of comes up and plays really well. Uh, but overall, Princeton should win and should win just with the, the type of scoring that we are accustomed to with Princeton. Columbia takes on Brown. I think Brown's going to be very underrated in this game. Look, it is in Columbia. It's in New York. I get it. But Brown is in a spot where I think that they are playing really well. They are playing real good basketball. They're just not getting the results. They are one and four in the Ivy. This is it. This is their season. You cannot go one and five in the Ivy and lose to Columbia and expect me to take you serious. Now you go to, you know, all of a sudden you up that record, that Ivy League record to two and four. You beat a Columbia team. I know it's just Columbia, but I start to go, okay, I'm buying into you, Brown, a little bit again, because I've watched their games and they are an explosive team and they can be a nuisance. You got to go out there and win that game. Yale takes on Penn as well in the late game that day uh, at four o'clock. So it's not really overly that late, but it's a late game on the slate. Here's an interesting game because both of these teams are trying to kind of establish themselves. Yale looks good, but Yale barely hung on against Brown. Yale had that game where it was a little bit tight. Penn back at home. They want to continue to just keep saying, hey, man, we're going to keep winning at home. You can keep beating us, you know, and our, our record might be ugly, but we're going to keep winning at home. And then after that, we only have one other game on Tuesday, and Yale takes on a Columbia team. So this Yale team, because you got to expect Yale at home to just handle their have their way with Columbia completely. But all of a sudden, this Yale team, you start to look at and you go, okay, got a couple of wins in a row. If they're able to basically do what they're supposed to do here, you know, you come out of those post moments. They had three post moments in a row after losing 
three out of four after losing three in a row with a cancellation in the middle of that after losing by 27 to St. Mary's after losing uh, and just getting trounced by Iono they let up 91 and then three games all three games postponed you come back 96 points against Cornell you get a good win against Brown if they could win against Penn and win against Columbia all of a sudden you're heading on the 25th into Princeton in what could be kind of the established game. Okay, here we go. You know, let's see what we got. That should be a real fun situation if they can kind of continue this. And Penn, kind of the same thing. Can we start taking Penn serious if they go out there and they win? So not as as jam-packed of a week as far as storylines go, but a couple of good games. The storyline that I want to have start to have a conversation with is how high can Princeton go here? Look, they're 14 and three. I don't really see a loss right now in their immediate future. At 14 and three, are they a top 25 ranked team? Now, I know a lot of people have them inside their top 40, but top 25 is symbolic. It means a little something. So I'm here to make a little bit of a case for Princeton being a top 25 team. And this Princeton team makes sense as a top 25 team. You know, I look at, at Princeton and I say, okay, look, it's an Ivy League, obviously, right? Uh, Ivy League team is never going to get the credit at all that they're supposed to get. An Ivy League team will always be overlooked. It's just the nature of the Ivy Leagues. We understand that. But you start to break down who Princeton is right now and what their record is and, and start to try to find these losses. And you you go, you know, I think they're better than even what their record shows. Okay, they got a pretty good win against South Carolina on a neutral field, a neutral court. Now, I know that South Carolina isn't a world beater, but okay. Then it took two overtimes for Minnesota to beat them on, again, a neutral court, right? They did beat Oregon State. That is, That was on the road. So their losses here, Monmouth, you, that's not a problem. At this point, Monmouth is rolling, right? Hofstra in Hofstra, I don't love that loss at all but that's it i mean minnesota double overtime monmouth on the road no problem hofstra december 1st you could overlook that since then you know beating bucknells isn't going to impress anybody but in ivy league play you know beating down columbia cornell brown penn all at home it's going to be these road games i think that they beat dartmouth i think that they beat yale at home i think they go next weekend february 4th and 5th i think they beat cornell and columbia even on the road Okay, then Dartmouth at home, yeah. Then at Brown, at Brown's going to, on the 18th, it's going to be a tough game. But I think they come out with a win. So you're looking at at Yale, February 19th, at Harvard, the 27th, and then at Penn, March 5th. Guys, this is a team that you could really, truly look at and you go, going into that Yale game, they could have 20 wins. You could be a 20-win team going into that Yale game. Who's in front of them in the top 25? You know, who are the teams that they would be vying for to get into the top 25? Loyola Chicago's 13 and 2. I'm not overly impressed with them. Iowa's 12 and 4. And you know, you you look at this and you go, okay, they're in a big conference, but they could certainly fall out there. Tennessee's 11 and 5, a worse record, obviously a much better conference. They got a couple of tough games. Texas 13 and 4. I certainly don't believe in them. Providence is 14 and 2 there's going to be some some backsliding there. So you look at the teams right there. I do believe that this is a spot where, let's just be honest, 
I think Princeton can be a top 25 team. They can crack that top 25. Maybe not right away, and maybe not this week. But I think by the time you go into Yale, if you don't have a slip-up, you got 20 wins on your the, the right side of the ledger there, I think Princeton's got a shot to be a top 25 team. And now, look, it's, it's a lot to speculate about the NCAA tournament. It's a lot to speculate down the line what exactly all the, this tournament is going to look like and what everyone's going to be speaking at. But overall, I'm looking at this and I'm going, this could be the year, guys. I can see a Harvard upsetting them in the you know finals. I can see a Yale upsetting them in the finals. Maybe this is the year we get two because Princeton looks really, really good. All right, guys, that's going to do it for me. Hope you guys enjoyed. Have a very good week, everybody, and make sure to listen in next week to Believe in the Ivy League. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.